results fine we can get the result we're not complaining obviously we're not complaining but it's about sustainability bro no, like, I'm, I'm, as Tianu said there's only been one game this season in which we've dominated it, it's all well and good getting results but if you want to build something we're not trying to be a one season wonder we're not trying to be a, a moments fc type team or, or a team where you can go on good runs you need to build a team yeah and the way we go about games it's about getting through the game it's about winning the game and i understand it's a results orientated business but we're manchester united we're about winning trophies and you have to honor the process it just feels like ollie's I can't remember who said that. I think it was someone on Sky Sports or something. But it just feels like he's just trying to trying to stay afloat rather than actually prove something. And then he's thought is Yo, juicy I'm in a battle like Vidic. Yeah, man, I got 90 minutes. I got my eye on the ball, but I see red on my right, no Kimmich. But if he reaches his pocket, I'm gonna see cards from Dean. That's a one match ban from leagues, so I can't ride out for the team. So I can't ride out for the if they ask me who the goal is, I gotta say Nicholas Bentner. I oh, know I'm just joking, everyone knows that Messi is better. I'm trying to get my sterling up in this city, so civil play. As soon as my child can walk, it's straight project Mbappé. But no the verbal, as soon as I hear that whistle. We get straight to the action Come on lads, where's the passion? Do like Alamatsi, we wear headbands for the fashion If the defenders drop back, we counter and then attack them I got my eye on the ball I got my eye on the ball, yeah I got my eye on the ball I got my eye on the ball, yeah I got my eye on the ball I got my eye on the ball Yes, yes, people are back for another episode of Eyes on the Ball You already know it's that show, that Monday show that we always like to bring to you. And obviously one of our members, one one of the members of Front Free is injured right now, so we had to bring in the last minute replacement. Last minute last minute call up. Welcome Keanu to the table. What are you saying, my bro? How you doing, man? Thank you for having me. Um yeah, it's the late call, but you know, listen, you always gotta be ready. And I I'm ready today. Let's 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 get let's get it done. I like this, I like this. Hey, this is hey, this is a Jota signing right here. Jota. <laughs> man, said Jossie, man. He's injured. He's injured, bro. No, but listen. When he was about, he was doing a madness. I mean, we're seeing it. Listen, I, I need to replicate. I need to come in good form. Listen, I've been doing well in training. Like, I'm just happy. Coach is giving me time on, giving me some minutes in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, you got the Mamba jersey. You deserve the minutes, bro. Deserved. Come on, come yeah, on. I hear that. I hear that fully, man. Obviously, he replaces some big boots and Josh, but. I mean, he had some business to take care of, but Keanu, you're welcome, all the same. Um, yeah, man, this is the show basically where we just like to look at the bigger picture, have wider discussions on a number of things, really. Just bring out topics, ask questions, and keep it moving, really. I think the first thing that needs to be addressed, kind of, is, and I don't think we've really spoken about it on the platform, on this show anyway, is like Tuchel, um, Lampard sacking, Tuchel coming in now, two games. In, I mean, Chelsea are six points off third place, Leicester now. Um, saw good signs against Wolves, despite it being 0 0. But you can see against Burnley, I mean, the chances are there galore, but it was a professional performance, professional 2 0 win. We're seeing guys like Alonso, Rudiger, um, Asper Laquita come back into the starting 11. Jorginho, yep. It's, it's been an interesting, interesting combination of lineups. Hudson playing out wide, but putting in two man of the match performances. 
So we'll come, we'll come to the new way. Come to Keanu first. We'll say, what, what's your opinions of Tuchel and how, how's, what do you think of Chelsea? Like, what, what are your, just your general opinions? Well, I mean, I mean, I guess even touching back on the stuff with Frank, it was, it was a shame. Um, but, you know, ultimately it, it looked like a decision that had to be made. Um, I was surprised. I was, the same way I was surprised that it happened is the same way I was surprised that it almost didn't happen. But, you know, Chelsea acted quickly in getting Tuchel in and realistically, so far from these these first two games, um, you can see what he's trying to do. Obviously, a lot of people overanalyze the Wolves game, um, but at the end of the day, the guy only had one training session, so you can't really look, I can't really run joke on that one too much because, you know, he had one training session. Um, but then, you know, you kind of see what he wanted to do, um, a majority of the possession in the game and... Um, yeah, pretty much him saying it, him saying it was all you need to know. Like, if we have the ball, it means the the opponent gets less opportunities, and it just means that we have more. So, with that being in mind, you know, you look at the Burnley game um, this weekend. You know, two two nil win, seventy nine percent possession, and Burnley only had one shot in the whole game, which came in like the ninetieth minute. So you can see what he wants to do. Um, so far, the players that are obviously benefiting the most is, is Cho. Um, it doesn't look like he's going to be going to Bayern anymore, um, which is unfortunate for some people that might want him to leave. Me being one of them people, even though I'm not, I'm not a Chelsea fan. I mean, I, but just in case the people need to know that, um, that's just me running the gender. But um, like, yeah, Cho's been he's been exceptional in these last two games. Like as we said, two men of the match performances and. Um, it looks like he's going to be key moving forward. You're muted, bro. No. <laughs> what do you think the key difference has been between, um, obviously, what you saw from Lampard? Obviously, it's a, it's a smaller sample with Tuchel, but just the early signs. Like, what's the key difference between what you saw when Lampard was already in charge and now what you've seen with Tuchel in these last two games? With Tuchel, I think he's... Similar to what Keanu said, and he's trying to dominate the ball. Um, obviously, he, he did the three at the back against Wolves. Um, as Keanu said, you got high possession. He's getting guys in the box, which I like to see. Um, obviously, under Lamp, it was pretty typical how you guys were trying to create chances, get the ball wide, whip balls in the box. Hopefully, the striker can get under on the end of it. But um, under Tuchel, we can see. You know, you can create chances in a number of ways. Guys are further up the pitch. Um, I like the use of Hudson Odoi. Um, I, I feel he's kind of like a spare man. Uh, I don't speak on today's game because I didn't actually watch the game. Obviously, referring back to the Wolves game, I like the way that he used Hudson Odoi in terms of he's banging as a right wing back, but he had a back four behind him in a way because you had Aspilicueta on the right, you got Chilwell on the left, and then you got the um, other centre backs. So he's kind of like a spare man type thing, and that. I like that um, utilization of him. Uh, as Keanu said, two man of the match performances, um, consistently creating chances now. And uh, it's good to see Cho flourishing, man. And it's good to see. Because I just like you guys as players, isn't it? That's why I had um, high expectations going into the season. And Daniel, as I also said, um, you know, we, we made the point that Jorginho might not be a Premier League player in terms of, you know, Similar to Rodri, that kind of mold, but he's a good player. Do you know what I mean? I think Tushu, um, the way Tushu plays, it's gonna get the best out of him. Like you're keeping the ball, 
and he's a guy that um, allows the guys around him to get further up the pitch. Yeah, Do you yeah, get what yeah. I'm saying? So, um, yeah, it's good to see, um, you know, Jorginho playing well. Like, listen, I'm a United fan, but I want to see uh, guys that I like or guys that I believe are good players playing well. And uh, it's good to see, um, you know, Tuchel getting the best out of Hudson Odoi, Jorginho, and them and there. I think key for me as well with the with just the whole Chelsea situation. Of a uh, quick word on Jorginho, like it's like with Jorginho, what people don't understand is these guys are good players, good ballers, good technical football players. You know how to keep the ball. You know how to get out of tight situations. It might be when it's in transition, especially playing for a team like Chelsea. Everyone's counter-attacking against you. Pretty much the whole league, eight percent of the league is counter-attacking against you. So it's it's that recovery. Can you can you make yourself um, a known presence on the pitch defensively? And sometimes when you have a lot of bodies running at Jorginho, he struggles to keep up with the pace and keep up with the tempo. However, he's a good player. And when he's on the ball and when we have possession of the ball, look, he he can shine. I think what is so key. Is you're seeing clear instructions. You're seeing we saw at clear roles. Yeah, yeah, clear roles, clear instructions. Because obviously you said you didn't watch the Burnley game. One one clear difference between the Wolves and the Burnley game was um, Wolves game. You can make the argument that the midfielders, the two sixes, Jorginho and Kovacic, maybe didn't progress the ball well enough. This game, mm-hmm. you see them direct straight away. As soon as they get the ball, they're looking up forward passes, and that's what you want from your centre midfielders. That's what you want from your manager. A lot of the questions we had of Lampard was tactical acumen as well. Like, was he able to change things when it wasn't working? And I guess that was the problem with Lampard's reign. The board just didn't believe that what he was trying to implement would have been able to basically hold up. they, They just didn't believe that he was able to bring it back. And that was the problem, really. Do you know what I'm saying? That's really what what was his downfall. My thing as a as a fan is I just want to see a manager implement a style of play that I can believe in, innit? Like, if you tell me this is how you want to play, that's cool. If you play counter-attacking football, that's cool. That's why I, I'm not even against Mourinho, like, because you know what you're going to get. Like, it's not like you... It's, it's, it's Like, just show me what you're trying to do and then let me believe in it and defend it to the best of my ability, do you know what I'm saying? But all in all, then, away from Tuchel, just quickly... <coughs> Do you think Chelsea should have given Lampard more time, Keanu, like Arteta and Oli, to maybe um, change the form? Or do you think Chelsea were right to sack him? I think it's always right to give a manager time, but I understand why Chelsea didn't. Because um, whether people want to admit it or not, this is Chelsea's cycle. This is what Chelsea do. Um, you know, the record speaks for itself. 16 trophies would be 15 managers. That, you know, like you at that point, you're kind of like every time you change a manager, you can, as a Chelsea fan, you can think and say, okay, we're guaranteed to probably get a trophy. So, whether the cycle is toxic or not, which I believe it is, um, which necessarily isn't a cycle that's going to be broken as long as Roman Abramovich is the owner, this is what Chelsea do. So, you know, Tuchel will probably get success um, just because that's just how things go. And, you know, with the contract he's been given, he's been given the amount of time that Frank was given. So Roman's basically said, you have as long as Frank had to do better than he did. So that is pretty much better than top four and at least one trophy. So 
which I think he's very capable of doing, to be honest. But don't you think though that don't you think that there's a bit of this? Because when you actually deep it, yeah, of course Chelsea have sacked managers, and that's been the culture <coughs> since they've started being really successful. So the 21st century. But when you look at Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger, those are anomalies in terms of being able to create dynasties, being at your club for 10 plus years. And when you look at Man United since then, they've had, what, three managers? David Moyes, Van Gaal, Mourinho, Oli, so four managers. Arsenal have had Emery and then on, they're on their second manager. And many believe that's all good. And other teams have sat managers. So the successful clubs have sat managers, I guess... Obviously, Man City is a different case because you have Pep Guardiola. You're not really going to sack Pep. Tottenham as well. They sacked Pochettino. They 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 want instant success. Obviously, with Mourinho and Mourinho is looking rocky now. So, do you think that? Don't you think that's a bit of a notion that Chelsea sacking managers is a culture, but every successful team sacks managers to bring success? If that makes sense. I get what you mean. Um, I think in regards to in regards to relaying it to Arsenal and Man United, um, obviously, you know, you have two of the greatest managers to ever grace the Premier League in Arsene Wenger and Oleg and you know, um, and Alex Ferguson. You know, I almost said it. I almost it was it was. Listen, you could just like cut that from the tape. That's not uh, those those views. Don't I don't represent those views. Um, um, yeah, like. Obviously, um, Arsene Wenger in and Alex Ferguson, you know, because they were at a club so long, there's mm. always going to be remnants of what was left, what they left, and what they built at that club for arguably five to ten years after they've gone. When you're at Chelsea with Chelsea, because your manager, because managers don't stick around too long there, barring maybe Mourinho, you know, the the manager doesn't really get an opportunity to build anything. So, mm. you know. Frank implemented a system and was only eight, given 18 months to do it. Now Tuchel has only been given 18 months to implement his system. The difference between Tuchel and Frank is, obviously Frank is a lot less experienced than Tuchel is. So for Tuchel, it's going to be quicker for him to get his point across to what he wants the players to do. Mm. Um, so hence why he's more likely to succeed. And obviously, you know, yeah, realistically, when you sack a manager, it's because they you believe that they've only been able to take you this far or you believe that there's another manager on the board that is available to take you to the next point of success that you want to be at. So, yeah, yeah technically getting rid of managers is part of the process. It's just, with Chelsea, it's just a matter of that's been what they've been doing. So if it's not broken, then don't fix it. Yeah, I think it was a bit of, um, like, they, they came to a realisation of, listen, we are who we are. Because they tried to do all of this um, changing the culture, you know, um, Daniel, as you were saying, you're generally a, like a defensive juggernaut. That's that's the way Chelsea have built their teams normally, and you want to change that. But I just think it got to a point where they realised, listen, it's a results-oriented business. We're a club that wins trophies. We're about winning. Who really gives a monkeys about how we got it done? Let's just get a guy in who could get it done. You know what I'm saying that's how the, the the business has been run for the past since Roman arrived. So um, I think you just realized, listen, let me stop selling dreams. Let me stop, uh, you know, trying to go outside the box or do something different. Let's just go back to what worked for us. I, th- I think the project, the project, and I put that in quotation marks because Pep even spoke about it. 
in terms of it there's no such thing as projects it's all about results mm-hmm. but if we're talking about the project i still think the project is the same it's the realization is the person to drive that project maybe we went too early to give lampard a job because at the end of the day everyone knows that lampard was hired like feel good factor we had a transfer ban no transfers wanted to implement youth into the team um sorry left and a lot of fans were happy but it left a huge hole because obviously hazard left as well so it's like what can we do to get the fans back on side and give a bit of purpose to the season and hiring frank lampard did that he united the fan base everyone was happy for it wanted it to be successful but it obviously turned out not to be like if we're being serious i think tuchel could potentially be the perfect person to lead this project because i've always said the 18 months is to assess is to assess and then give him a longer contract if everything turns out to be successful during this 18 months which is very very possible i just think the the plan hasn't changed but who is driving that plan just needed to be changed and i think that's how they've seen it yeah i wouldn't i just think they realized it's about trophies at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? It's about trophies. Regardless of style of play, things of that nature, Chelsea is about trophies. And Lampard wasn't going to be able to get them trophies. So we move on to the next guy who we believe has the best chance to get that done. I think maybe you can kill two birds with one stone in terms of, you know, maybe um, the project that you're speaking about playing a bit more attacking football. But um, at the end of the day, I think it's about trophies, man. And we've seen that with um, Roman's track record. No, it is, 100%. I think this, the the choice of manager, though, indicates how they want to win trophies. Of course, it's about trophies, number one thing. But then how do you want to win those trophies? So mm. the choice of managers, manager, for me, shows that. But so, I think it helps. It helps that he has a relationship already with the guys that are already there, isn't it? In terms of, obviously, Thiago Silva, Havertz, Werner, them and there. I think maybe, you as in, it makes sense what you're saying. But um, I would think that is not on the high on the list of priorities. Do you know what I mean in terms of playing attacking football, things of that nature? I mean, I hear. And if you think about, if you think oh. about, because if, 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 in, fair, in fairness to Frank, he's never ever gonna turn down the job of to course. play, like to manage his dream club. And realistically, no manager ever is. Um, you know, if you see, if you're a manager that uh, not not necessarily is at a a high status of a team, and then you get offered a big position anywhere else you're going to take it it's the same same with players you know like for them it might just be because you know you're getting a pay increase or because you get to play for a a big footballing giant you know you're never going to turn it down so it's again it's just for frank it's just the opportunity came too quick for him and funny enough i even think after you know he's he's got his rounds in the managerial world in football i even feel like he'll be back with chelsea at some point anyway and I hope so. That's that's the that's the honest truth. I do hope so. I hope he gets his the experience he needs. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just need to not skip steps. It's about not skipping steps, man. The the coaching. I mean, Frank Lampard skipped a lot of steps. I mean, he got the derby job off a of recommendation from Harry Redknapp. Do you know what I'm saying? That's like that's, yeah. if you know somebody, you know someone, and whoever you know is what gets the job. And really and truly. The hard graft of being a coach and then being the reserve team manager, being under twenty threes manager, yeah. like that's the graft you need to, to give you the experience, and then getting your championship job or, or whatever. Not even, not even know someone. It's your uncle, bro. You're, you're, you're <laughs> plugged up, plugged up, plugged up. I'm saying. I mean, look, for me personally, you can't hate on a guy who's got connects in it. 
Like, yeah. if you've got it, then you're you're fortunate to be in that position. But when you're in that position, look, you're going to be judged the same way anyone else who was in that position will be, exactly. will be judged. You know what I'm saying? So, exactly at, the the day, at the end of the day, you got to take it on the chin. I mean, to that point, though, I mean, it is a difference in, in opinion. I do think the board want to change how they win trophies, isn't it? I mean, we've shown we can win trophies with the defensive setup, like with all the managers that we've had. But the change is clear through the choice of managers and even the managers that were on the list. I mean, Allegri apparently was never in the running. It was always Nagelsmann. Yeah, true. So you can clearly see the style of play. And obviously, yes, the outlier is that they're both German, but they're both Germans with progressive styles of play. And you can already see that with this Chelsea side. I mean, the Burnley game today, we created bucket loads of chances. Like This is the first win Chelsea have had that the Chelsea fans have had no complaints. You know, if Chelsea win, Recently, when we've won, there's always been something wrong with the way we've won. Do you know what I'm saying? So I was, I was hearing, I was seeing, I was seeing apology tweets to Marcus Alonso. I, was, I didn't, I couldn't believe. Oh, it. I like, I like. <laughs> that's, the, that's the what's it called? The cycle of a fan. Do you know what I'm saying? The way to get back yeah, on yeah, side of the fans when you're when you're out cold is when you get picked, bro. Putting in a performance, and I don't think I don't even think Alonso had the greatest of games. But when the moment came. He shone, and it was a very good goal. Like people forget, Marcus Alonso is a quality left wing back, as in that is his position. Like because yeah. he doesn't have quality. the quality. same defensive responsibilities that is required of him when he's a left back. But he's a very, he's a very, very good left wing back, and you just have to remember that. But as for Chelsea, then, boy, the race is on. And look, I, I, I've said as much as it is the fan in me, I said we will finish in the top four. It is more. I'd say 60-40 in terms of the fan in me rather than the, the, the realistic nature of the situation. But look, six points behind Leicester, West Ham above us. I mean, Liverpool still to, to, to get into the top four as well. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy at all. But we've seen stranger things happen this season. Um, Darren, are you going to still mm-hmm. stick, with your, stick with Chelsea not finishing in the top four, yeah? Yeah, you said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said the one Lampard was in the job, so and that's fair enough. Oh, okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. No, but what I will say is if if, if Tuchel is able to get it done, then that just means next season expectations are high. Oh, bro, yeah, next season the expectations are like all that compete talk you're talking about this season that is for sure. And I'm like on record for sure. If we're not competing next season, then of course we're falling short of the expectations that were set out for Mm. us. I just think the expectations for Lampard to compete at the beginning of this season is an unfair judgment because if we were in the position, for example, West Ham are in right now, Lampard would still be in a job. Do you get what I'm saying? So if you should get top four this season, huge credit, man, huge credit. Keanu, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, you have to. You have to I think. Listen, for me, I think the th- the thing that I've been saying, I think I've been I've been preaching for the entire this entire season. Um, to anybody that will listen, is that don't generally don't look at the table because the table is an illusion. It is an illusion. Like whatever your position, whatever team's position <clears throat> you're in, don't be comfortable. It doesn't matter. Like for me, the only, the only point we move listen, in no, 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 not even not even in a move in silence thing. Like it's just the table only matters. Like all those like stereotypes about how oh yeah you know you can win the league in December like December is crucial or January is important like it doesn't matter it does not matter at all it only matters in the last month this season generally it only matters in the last month 
of the season. That's the only month that matters. Like for like that's why like, I'll probably we'll probably talk about United later. But th- then when's there? If United were where they were at the last month of the season, then you would hear more of us. But for me, you're not gonna hear nothing. But in regard to answer your question about Chelsea, um, in regards to them competing, um, I mean, I always thought you was competing anyway. But again, like I said, the table is an illusion. Um, you know, you spend two, over quarter, like quarter of a mil, so it's, there's, a, there's obviously expectation there. But in regards to you know, Tuchel coming, a new manager coming in, it kind of resets the board a little bit. So I think top four is is fair. You know, you're still in some competitions. I think it'll be very interesting to see where Chelsea are at by the time you have to face Atletico Madrid. Um, I think depending that depending on that game, we'll see what Chelsea is really about. And that, that, but as it is right now, I think top four is probably the new expectation for for Chelsea. No, hundred percent. And do you think we will get top four? Um, I think they you will. Like you've got team like Leicester slips over the week. The Leicester slips on the weekends. Like I think it's it's one of them things where you know, like we'll see in Feb. Like we'll see realistically in February. Like who is going to endure. And I think Chelsea have enough depth and quality to be able to endure over this period to where they'll be able to find themselves in the top four by come the end of the season. So your top four would be Man City? I think it's Man City. I think it's Liverpool. I think it's Chelsea. And I think maybe just United. Really? I think United are in a better position than Chelsea do. The table is <laughs> an illusion. is Gianu is all out on United. He has no faith in You might not start. Listen, anyway. no, no. When we talk about United, you'll understand why. But I mean, I'll save it for now. There's no, there's no better, there's no better detail. I mean, we spoke in Chelsea. It's only right we speak about United. Look, I'll give you man the floor to speak about United and anything you want. But I, I'm even flexible with it. You man are both United fans, so you man can do. All the talking you want, and I'll sit back and relax and just watch you, man, cry about your team. But it, when I look at Manchester United, look, they've been good this season. They've had purple patches, which you can't overlook. I mean, the away record speaks for itself. Um, I believe you're still unbeaten away in, like, what, 18, 19 games? Yep. And that's like that. So, only deserves credit. Like, when people say, ah, oh, the context of an unbeaten run. Look, an unbeaten run is an unbeaten run. It's not easy to stay unbeaten. Do you get what I'm saying? So, all credit there. But when we look at the big games, and this is this is the most important thing. Like, I saw someone on the weekend in the stream. He told me, he said that you don't need to win the big games to do well in the league. And that's a lie. That's a, that's a huge lie. Because when we look at the, like, the complaints we've had this season about boring games, the outlier has been... Man United. Man United have been involved in all those games. Look at the 0-0 against Arsenal, 0-0 against Chelsea. Um, I'm sure there's there was one more 0-0 get 0-0 against Liverpool. Um, you and lost City. 0-0 against City. Lost 6-1 to Tottenham. So against the top five, you scored one goal, which was a penalty. That's not good enough. And really and truly, you have to look at it like, what is the problem in these, these games? Why are you not able to get the job done and yeah. for me no Daniel let me answer that question in it before you follow up go on, go on. Um, go on. no because it, 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 
for me, listen, I, I know the players aren't showing up in those performances. Yesterday, Rashford was trash. Marshall's been bad this season, 100%. And listen, I'm not um, excluding the players in terms of, you know, their responsibility. If you're poor, you're poor at the end of the day. But listen, Oli, this McFred situation in big games ain't it. Like, away from home, I understand. You want to go, you know, with McFred, combative midfield, play on the counter. But if you're at home, Arsenal um, are down men. Their best players aren't even about. But you're, you're going with McTominay and Fred? I don't get it. You've got Van der Beek on the bench. Bull player. you got Paul Pogba playing out on the wing. I don't get it. For me, it, it, as I said, I'm not excluding the players from blame. But Oli, the, the approach needs to change. It's no coincidence that we scored one goal in those uh, five or six games. That's not a coincidence. Even in terms of our approach, it's just it just feels like we play scared. Do you know what I'm saying? And that, that approach is not going to bang, especially if we're, we're meant to be competing for the league, top of the league, or in and amongst it. How can you play scared? It don't matter who you're playing. Go all guns blazing. And I think we have you definitely up there for goals and scored this season. Like, you've got the firepower. Why are you playing scared? Our defence is trash. Whether you try and protect them or not, they're not going to hold it down. Even if we keep a clean sheet, Listen, I don't care. I don't trust our defence. So for me, it's a matter of let's play to our strengths. You know, our, our shooters are, are further up the pitch. Paul Pogba, Bruno Fernandes, and then uh, Rashford, Martial. Give them, man, the chance to, to be themselves. Don't play scared. Um, how, how do you view that, um, Keanu, man? Talk to me. Because for me, it just feels like we play scared, bro. <sighs> Let me set up properly for this. <laughs> Firstly, let me start by let me start by even saying this in it. People try to people try to convince me that Man United are title contenders. They try to convince me. You can't convince me a team. You can't convince me that a team is title contenders. They don't know how to play football. Man United against Arsenal didn't look like they knew how to play football. And you'll see you see in the game at Sheffield. We look at when it got to one nil. I'm like, okay, cool, we're losing this game. It doesn't matter because at that point we didn't at no point in the game, even when we equalised, we didn't look like we wanted to win the game. We was content with whatever happened in that game. Literally. The thing about United is I've only ever seen United be on the front foot in literally one game this entire season, and that was against Leeds. Yep. In all of the games we've played this season, United have never decided that let's strike first like let's let's run at them let's attack them first it's always like yes yeah, second half fc is fun comeback fc is fun but at some point when is it okay we've gone one nil down okay we've gone two nil down okay we've gone three nil down when are we going to start playing football it's not like we don't have players Sorry, i don't understand is that <laughs> that's, that's, that's Google. Google's not happy with me, I guess. Oh, um, okay. But yeah, it's like we don't. We don't look like we. I can't open Google Maps on this device. I don't know why. Google Assistant on your Google Assistant, bro. Google knows United is a mess. Google knows it knows United is a mess. I don't even want to ask it because it will. It will definitely tell me. But the thing about 
the problem with United is it is both. I don't understand. I do I need to plug out Google? Yeah, like, I need to stop saying Google. Let me let me plug it out. Hold on, let me plug it out. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's calm. Um, Darryl, what were you saying about United? Again? Yeah, I was just saying how the scared approach for me that is the problem. Like the whole goal, it is no coincidence that even though we are beaten away from home, we go one 0 down in nearly every game. That's because we play scared. It's only until we concede to when the man them are like, you know what? The shackles are off. We need to score. How about we go make something happen? But it's it's the job of Oli to make sure going into the game, the man them are ready. Are ready. Um, coming out of the second half against Arsenal, I was expecting to see a reaction. And good Lord, we that was probably the worst 20 minutes of football I've seen us play all season. Like, we were... Horrible. Not even, not even, tw- not even twenty. That was the worst ninety I've seen. That oh. was the worst ninety of football I've, I've seen. The thing, like with us, like I've always, I've always been saying. Anytime I see McFred start, I'm like, the day we actually go into the transfer window and buy like a midfielder, like I will rejoice because we cannot live in this struggle life anymore. We've been doing this for years now. Like, we know every time, like, we can do, you can do McFred against the teams that, like, against the teams that are small, that are not the top six, because they don't necessarily have the quality in the midfield. Every top six team has quality in the midfield to where they can pass the ball around and make it look like you don't have anybody in that midfield area. We saw, like, yeah, we know we can make fun of Thiago, but we saw what Thiago did to Man United midfield. He had Fred and McTominay running in circles. Their men were catching, trying to catch a ghost. And then you look at the game against Arsenal. Party didn't have necessarily an amazing game, but you could see what he was doing to United's midfield. And even Jacker had a good game. And that's a, that's saying something. We can't be saying what, casually you know what, had a good game. Do you know what, though? My thing is about the whole United situation, that I just believe there's a bit of an overreaction in it. And before you man pounce on me and whatever, the reason why I say that is because, look, we you're talking about Oli's approach as if he hasn't put the players in the best position to be successful. When we look at some of those games that you have played, you have had the bigger chances in those games. Liverpool, big chances against Liverpool that were missed. I think Pogba Rashford had the two. Bruno Fernandes as well had a big chance in that game. Arsenal, Cavani. Look, two five-yard chances, sitters that had to go in. When we're talking about, okay, there's there's one thing creating chances in games, but there's another thing to have guilt-edged chances. What if the approach is, Oli has said to the team, you just need to take the chances. I've set you up to 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 to, to get chances, and now all you need to do is finish it off. Because I, I'm just hearing, ah, oh, his approach is this. His approach is that. But when I look at the track record in all these games, maybe Tottenham excluded, fam, you've had the best chances. Not just ch- normal chances in games. You've had the best chances and your players haven't killed it off. So it's down to the players. And I know you said you're not excluding players from responsibility, but bro, the players need to take, I think, eight like 85% because there's a reason why. Right. Right. You're right, but like for me, like I'm not like I'm not putting all of the blame on Oli. I'm not going to do that. Like at the end of the day, 
Oli picks the team but at the end of the day. The players still have to go out there and play the night. So they still have to. They're still the ones that actually have to do the work. So I'm not going to put all of this on on Oli. Like, yeah, putting Pogba on the wing is isn't great because we've seen like obviously you want we want Pogba in the team. Like I'm not a get like we've seen he can at times play in the deeper role, but and we've seen in the recent recent games and we've put him on the wing that he is basically not in the game at all. So yeah. He's. It's, I'm not. I'm not going to question his his team selections because, like, pretty much the last five, six, seven games that Oli's picked the lineup, I've not had any complaints. Like, obviously, yeah. I would love Van de Beek to be in there more often, but it's just I can't. I can't compare that to him. So at that point, it's just a matter of we didn't. We didn't take our chances. But then yeah. when it becomes then, if we're yeah, we're talking about the players. We talk about Arsenal. Rashford had like yes, Rashford is the prime minister right now, but. We have to be honest and have the conversation and say yeah, he had a really there. bad game. He had a terrible game. Like mm-hmm. it is what it is. And you know, we can even look at the Cavani chances. I don't know. I, I can't remember who tweeted it, but someone said if it was Lukaku who missed those chances, we'd never hear the end of it. Hundred percent. So and no, that no, so that's me, the key. that's the key though. Because and I keep saying that because let's look at the. I think I even posed it to to Darren the other day. I said, look, you you took a calculated risk in saying Martial's the future. I think that's what it was anyway. He spent over 50 M's on him. And you sold Lukaku, who was getting numbers. Lukaku maybe is the Bruno Fernandes of strikers. Because in the big games, obviously you man were complaining he didn't score. But bro, he was getting you numbers. He was getting you goals. And I can guarantee you, if you put Lukaku in those situations, he's scoring. And one of the big things I hated about the Lukaku Man United fit was that United didn't play to his strengths. You can't blame a player for lacking output when you don't play to his strengths. Mate, some players are just system players. They they need to be they need the system to be based around them for them to be successful. And at the end of the day, United have had chances where Rashford, Martial, Cavani, Greenwood have missed big chances in big games. And that is the reason why you're not um getting the wins that you deserve. Not Oli. That's the point that I'm making. No, I disagree with that. I disagree with that because my thing is we might we do we had um good chances against Arsenal, definitely. Um chances to win the game, definitely. But it's the same thing with the Liverpool game. These guys are there for the taking. That's why I bring up the approach, because when you play Paul Pogba out wide and you uh bang McTominay and Freddie in the midfield, what what message are you sending? You're not worried about um controlling the ball because McTominay and Fred they probably the worst passing duo in terms of centre-mids in the league. Like, we struggle to keep hold of the ball. As um, Tushu has, has implemented, the more of the ball you have, the opponent's not going to score goals and you're not more... I, I, yeah, more likely to score goals because as you, as you have the ball, you can create chances. Um, but, but, okay, no, nah, I hear what you're saying, but the way I'm looking at it as... Bruno Fernandes, it's not a coincidence that he hasn't shown up in big games. As you said, we weren't playing to Lukaku's strength. My argument would be, we're not playing to Bruno Fernandes' strength in the big games. If you've got McTominay and Fred in the middle of the park, it, who's feeding Bruno Fernandes the ball? No, no. The, the reason why I disagree with that is because you've played McTominay and Fred in other games. So Bruno yeah, Fernandes, it, it, against the yeah, it's, it's not a matter of him playing. Like, he can play in those games. I'm not saying... Like I'm not saying yes, Bruno could do couldn't do more. He could do more, but at the end of the day, like more often than not, yeah, you need a team to win the game. That's like, what I'm you saying. You can do that. 
you can you can do that against like obviously we lost to them, but you can do that to a team like West Brom and Sheffield because they don't have any they don't have the people of quality in the midfield to be able to match up to even potentially McFred like to McFred. And obviously, if you put Pogba in there, it doesn't matter anyway, because more often than not, like ability-wise, Pogba's probably going to be one of the best players on the pitch. But if you put someone in the midfield who can't get the ball, when the ball is in defence, can't get the ball from midfield to the upper part of the pitch, of course you're going to lack service. So yeah, maybe maybe even if we're looking at it like on a bigger scale, like the same way we said about Lukaku being a system player, maybe Bruno Fernandes is a system player. Yeah, we need him to be in those positions. The reason why I'm disagreeing, though, is because, be honest with me, yeah, if you man score and win the, any of those games 1-0, and I need you to be honest, are you complaining? Because you'd be yeah, top but, of the league. No, no, With that, with that, in regards to Man United, like in regards to looking at being able, like in all of the recruitment process, I can never put the final nail into the players or the manager. I know all of this stems from up above. Like I'm looking at Edward Wood, I'm looking at the Glaciers. I know this stems from them. Like yeah, because like Ollie's been given the leniency because. Ollie was in the club. He's United family. That's why he's been given the time to do what he can do. So at the end of the day, I know Ollie's not going to get a new contract unless he's shown us something to the point where they consider that to be progression. Now their progression how many, how might not be progression. He's got two years left. No, I think he's got one year left after this season. Okay, yeah, he's got one year left. So to whatever the Glaciers and Edward would consider as success they will then either decide to keep him on or let him go. Now, that vision might be different to what me and Darren think is success for Man United. Like, I want trophies. I'm tired. It's definitely different, bro. It's definitely different. I'm tired tired of not winning the big trophy. Like, it's been a a long time. I've seen a lot of people win it. So I need to, you know, get my energy off and talk about us winning the trophy. But I know United is nowhere near that because of who we have upstairs. Like, I don't think United is ever going to be able to win a Premier League until we make those changes upstairs. I mean, it's, it's been a while. It's almost been 10 years since we've won the league. So, obviously, it's been, it's yeah, been, been a while. But, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess it's, it's, it's definitely something that needs to be really, like, you need to pay attention to how you lot approach the big games going forward. And, obviously, I mean, we didn't touch on it much, but Bruno Fernandes, in terms of him being your talisman, I mean, me personally, I don't care if you, whatever system you play. He's the guy that gets you goals and assists. And he looks bang average when he doesn't get goals and assists. So he needs to improve his level of performance or his level of showmanship just to show that he's still in the game. Because you talk about boss of the game, he's the person who needs to get the game. Like when KDB was was like taking his time to start up, to boot up this season, I was on the net. And he's only gone on to prove the quality player that he is ever since then. So the same needs to be said for Bruno. Like if he wants to receive all the praise and get all the player of the months for scoring goals and assists, he better do it when it really matters. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, my my thing is just last thing on United, just it feels like Oli he still doesn't really know his team. 
you know what I'm saying? Oli doesn't know the best 11. And that is a big, big problem. Daniel, I said it in our group chat that, that when we had, I was having a long debate with Big Man, that I don't know if a Paul Pope was going to play on the wing against Arsenal. And he ended up playing on the wing. Like, how does that happen? Paul Pogba, one of the most gifted players in the league, and you push him out on the wing. I, I just feel like we got to get the best out of our best players, man. Pogba and Bruno, those I, are good to you guys. we got to get more from them. I always know that. I always say that, like, I've got no problem with Oli as of right now. But I always know that. I've always known that Oli is not going to be the guy who is going to take you to the promised land. Like, yep. he might be the guy who, pr- pr- like, brings some level of stability to Man United, which is definitely yep. needed. But he but, will, in terms of asking him to win the Prem, in terms of asking him to win a Champions League, I, maybe even at this point, asking him to win a trophy, I don't know. But like I said, I that's, a, that's a huge problem for your club because at the end of the day, Getting a getting a manager's job, like getting a manager into steady chip, is one thing, but that's what an interim and a caretaker is for. Like, if you're in the job, and this is what his third year in the job, it means he's there to win trophies. So if he's if he if you're if you're still saying in his third year in the job, he's here to steady the ship, then you have serious problems going on the board. You have you have to remember you have to remember again that is probably the last thing that is probably Ollie's mentality. That's that's Oli's mentality probably aligns with me and Darren's, but that doesn't mean it aligns with what the Glazers are able to do. Exactly. And Daniel, you know how much I discuss Woodward and the Glazers. And that's why I think I've like I like to incorporate, you know, a club's visions in terms of expectations and stuff like that. But United United are a mess right now. And it's not that's what I say. It's Oli, I speak about Oli because I want him to get more from what he has. But the bigger fish is, that for me, the club lacks ambition. The club lacks direction. There's a lot of wrong at United right now, and and f- results aren't going to cover that. If you were, that's just- why you can never convince me that we are title contenders. <laughs> you can't do it. You can't uh, do it. Just a quick hypothetical, so we can move on quickly. If you were, I just want one name. If you were to sack Oli, for example, and implement or bring in a manager to give you philosophy and style and dominate games, who would you bring in there? One name. Nagelsmann, for me. Yeah, I would have said Nagelsmann. You bring in Nagelsmann. Even though we slapped him, I would have said Nagelsmann. Yeah. Even though he's not a proven winner. No. His philosophy, his philosophy and experience is better than Oli's right now. Mm. Right, fair enough, fair enough. And, 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 and when we say proven winners... I don't want a guy that's going to come in, you know, just focus on winning games. I need someone that's going to build a project, build a team. You know what I'm saying? It's not just about winning games. Winning trophies is about building a team, building a a project. You know what I mean? And that's what I want to see, man. Like we said, man, there's no such thing as projects, only results, man. Yeah, but if we ain't winning leagues, then forget the results, the baby results. Who gives a monkeys if you're not winning leagues? I mean, right. This is what I'm saying, though. I, I obviously want to move, but like with with that project talk, the only thing I think is that with all projects, there's the there's the stagnant year, and not many fan bases, Chelsea included, can go through that, and that's where the problem lies. 
Like, can you yeah, go? We've been stagnant for years, bro. I don't think we won a trophy for three years. That should have been the time we were building. It's different with Chelsea. Listen, with Chelsea, a stagnant year means that somebody's getting fired. A stagnant yeah. year for Man United pretty much just means oh, the business revenue is down. That's all it means. That's no, all it means. For sure, for sure, for sure, man, for sure. But yeah, I mean, United, I, it's, just, it's just questions that need to be asked, or the questions that need to be answered, sorry. But, I mean, we're calling United a mess. A club that I think is actually in a mess is Tottenham Hotspur, man. Tottenham are in a real chiz right now. And Jose Mourinho is get, it's getting to that, what I call Mourinho time. Third year. Is he in his third year? No, this is his second year, but... Wait, is this his third or second year? Second, Second, second. Yeah, it's the second year in the job. Second year is normally trophy year. I mean, they're in the final of the Carabao Cup. Um, are they still in the FA? Yeah, they're still in the FA Cup as well. Still in the Europa League. But obviously, the league form isn't great. And they're not playing good football right now in the league. And a lot of Tottenham fans are really annoyed about the way that they're playing. What, like, I mean, I don't even know what the question is. Because, you know, you know what it is about <laughs> Mourinho and Tottenham? Or Mourinho in general. Mourinho these days, you can kind of predict what is going to happen. And what we predicted is happening right now. Look, Tottenham fans knew what they were in for when they got Mourinho. This style of play is not new. When they were top of the league, when Tottenham were top of the league at one point, innit? Yep. Yeah. They, they, they weren't. An- another, re- another reason why the table's an illusion. Exactly. <laughs> no, 100%. And they, no. were all Jose, they were all Jose way. And that was the football they were playing when they were top of the league. And now the football isn't exactly working. Boy. <clears throat> Bell, Bell looking like Father Abraham. Like, come with his wolf. Uh-huh. Like, he's not here to play football. Like, Kane, Kane's injured. Undombele is going to go for a scan because he, he looked like he was injured today as well. No, cent- no good centre-backs. Reg Wion's injured and he's been their most impressive player, I would say, uh, aside from Ndombele and Kane, of course. Son has kind of lulled. And you see why I didn't want to put Son in the world-class category because of things like this, periods like this. It's it's not cooking right now. Well, what's the situation, man? What's your man's opinions on Tottenham? That's the, it's the Jose experience, man. Jose is just... It's the history of the Tottenham, man. Yeah, it's the history of the Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, and it's like... Watching today's game, I was stunned. Like, I know um, Brighton play good football, but the way that they were moving the ball, and not just moving the ball in the middle of the park, on the edge of Tottenham's box, they were doing one-twos, popping the ball around them, doing whatever they wanted. I was thinking, what am I watching? Like, this is bad. Like, this looks like a... Like, Brighton were Tottenham, and uh, Tottenham were Brighton. But, um, yeah, man, this is the Jose experience in terms of he doesn't care about being fancy, you know, performances. He cares about results. And it, that's why that's exactly why I said to you, Daniel, that one or two results here and there, it's good, even a run of results. But you have to create sustainability. You have to create something to where uh, one result means we're building... That's going to help us in terms of our results down the line. And it just feels like Jose's got that stay in the float mentality as That's well. A question, though. Just a quick question. 
I mean, but you, if I kind of rebuttal what you're saying with something that you mentioned in the past where you said you don't like this age of copycat football, like you could you argue Jose is the most different manager and philosophy out there. So, is. Yeah, but I don't mean it's going to bang, though. Is this football sustainable? I don't think it's sustainable because he's just worried about getting the result. That's why I said you have to you have to build something. It's no surprise that um, Pep and Klopp are having the most success because we know how they're going to play every game. They're not going to change for anybody. Even if even even I don't want to go to the to the highest of the highest. Look at a team like like Southampton. Southampton will not change their approach. Even Brighton, Brighton will not change their approach, and that's why I say, you know, in the short term, you might not get the results, but. If the football things will work out how they're supposed to, and I really great football. You will reap the rewards. Um, yeah, man, T- Tottenham are just a mess right now, bro. And without Harry Kane, and you, I understand what you're saying in terms of Son, but listen, I, I don't, I don't, I think it's hard to say I want my winger scoring every game. Do you know what I'm saying? That's why I say you want at least consistently create chances. But with Jose, it just feels like he's not worried about that. He's trying to get a goal, win the game. But um, yeah, man, Spurs are just a sinking ship right now. When you when you sign a manager like Jose, for Tottenham fans, they look at it as the risk, the reward is higher than the risk. For them, it was just we don't care if it's three, two. Ultimately, we just want one. One being a trophy. That's yeah. it. So for them, you look at Jose's track record. He came to Chelsea. He won everything he needed to win. He came to United, didn't win everything he needed to win. He made Man United compete, but ultimately he won United some trophies. So every track record has said Jose will win you a trophy. But we know what come. We know what the the risk is. It more often than not. Jose leaves the team in a bit of a worse way than he found it. And that's what we're seeing right now with Spurs. Yes, you can depend on Harry Kane up to a point. But then it's just... We've, it's the thing that we were all saying earlier in the season when Tottenham were up top. If Harry Kane gets injured, what does Tottenham look like? This is what Tottenham looks like. Mm-hmm. I saw someone say today or the other day, that Gareth Bale only came to England to do golf at the Greenwich Peninsula. And it looks like that's what he, that's what he came for. Like, Gareth Bale, and it's a shame because he looks dusted. He Dust. looks dusted. And, <laughs> and it, is, it is real unfortunate. Like, this is a... Hey, how old is he now? How old is he now? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, let me Bale. quickly check out those. 31, I think, 32? Yeah, he's gonna be thirty-two. He's gonna be thirty-two this year. I mean, listen, he's a big man. Like, you can't come back to the prem and like we're saying seeing a name like Gareth Bale consistently start on the bench. Like, that's not good. Like, Gareth Bale can't be your impact. impact Well, I said, I said when he came, they were saying Bale son came um, best from best from the the league. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, listen, man. People were saying it, and the man hadn't even touched hadn't even touched the, the ground yet. And I'm like, listen, guys, we don't know what Gareth Bale we're getting. This guy's been sitting on the bench. This guy's been battling injury for months now. Like, it's clear he's not match fit. It's clear he's not even fit fit. He's so, come out and said 
says it interrupts again. He's come out and said, golf is his love, football is his job. That, that just shows you where the world is like. He came to get golf a golfing range membership. That's it. He just wanted to be closer to Wales. That's all. Like it's 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 a shame. But going back to Tottenham, like listen, man, we heard everybody talking at the start of the season. You know, Jose Way, Jose Way, Jose Way. Listen, this is the Jose Way. So Facts. get used to it. Like Facts. I'm hearing, I'm hearing some people calling for his head already again. Like we've all been, we've all experienced Jose. It's like it was like when Diaz was in the in the in in the octagon. We're not surprised. We're not oh. surprised. For real, you know this. We knew this was going to happen. I, I mean, yeah, obviously we were expecting it to be next season. But the funny thing is, all of this could actually go away if they beat City. All of this goes away if they beat City in the League Cup. So if right. they get them the trophy, Tottenham fans will see that as we have struggled. We've struggled long enough. This season was part of the struggle, but we finally the got a trophy. Is, the mad thing is, though, the, in, in my opinion, trophy means job done. It means it's job finished. Job finished? Job finished. It means it's well, it done. Of, it depends if he'll get the sack or he's done his well, job. It means he's done his job one, and that is the beginning of the downward spiral. When Joe wins the trophy that the club is supposed to win, so obviously Tottenham are never winning the league, so the expectation is a domestic trophy. That's job finished. That's job done. That's NBA finals wrapped up. Chip. Yep. Go home. He might as well leave. He might as well cut. He yeah, actually, he might as well. Because if, because if it comes into third season, then we're going to see what he does with every team when he's in their third, third season. season and he's a, it's a mazza. That yeah, season man. looks terrible. Is every single time. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%, man. 100%. But then the fight, fight like I'll say the penultimate section I wanted to go into is. Oh, Salah, Mohamed Salah, man. In my opinion, this guy is, after Hazard and Ronaldo, the best winger we've seen, goal-scoring-wise. I think his ability is underrated as well. That goal he scored, yeah, man, them don't understand how hard that is. He trapped that ball with his right, made it pass oh. and sit up, and finished it with his left. Bro, three passes. Not, not only his part of it, the whole goal as a whole. But Rough. my point, my point is, let's even forget Liverpool for a second. This guy, in terms of African ballers, I think Drogba is the highest with like 109. He's on 90 already. I think he scores about five more goals this season. He's averaging his Premier League tenure. He's averaging 30 goals a season. Like, or 30 is it not Premier League? Sorry, his club career, no, no. 30 goals a season, which is crazy. Like yeah. he's a goal scoring winger. Like you know when teams. Teams want goal-scoring wingers. He's the epitome. He's the definition. He is what you tell your player to model it on. Like, you want goals, you look at Salah. Is this guy underrated? This guy's underrated, man. He has to be. Most, listen, Mo Salah, is, Mo Salah is annoying for several reasons. 100%. Because he's annoying for several reasons. Not just because he plays for Liverpool. Like, but... Even look like th this season epitomized why he's annoying because he has gone arguably like what five, six, seven games, some of the games where he's not even scored. But still, this man sits comfortably at the top of most goal scorers this season. Comfortably. comfortably. And it's just like, how dare you be that comfy up there? 
and you can you can just be like, let me just chill for five games because I know I'm still gonna bag at some point. That to me is what makes most annoying, but it also makes me realize that there's no way he can be overrated. He's levels. Like as much as we want to criticize, he's levels, man. Like he is like people to me would like would like people love throwing out the money over Salah thing. To me, it's impossible. It's impossible to me. It's because like, of the money Mane had last year. I know, that's what, I know, yeah. but that's why like people got gassed over that. But to me, I'm like, listen, man, you have to look at you have to really take in this guy. Like, yes, he can be greedy at times and he does scuff at some chances, but when he's in the zone, like he's clinical, man. And it's just it's it is it's just great football to watch most of the time. Yeah, I'd say I wouldn't say he's underrated. I'd say he's over. Yeah, oh, people are over critical of him because I think we yeah. come. You know what I mean? We always um we go back to his first season, and that first season is one of the best Premier League seasons of all time. Do you know what I'm saying? So we're always gonna compare him to that, no matter what he's doing. It's it's very hard to um to meet that level. Has he not lived up to that level, though? Say again? Has he not lived up to that level? No, I, I, no, I don't think... Because, 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 we expect, because we expect so much from him, because of the way that the story of the season has gone this year, it's like, oh, well, Mo Salah's washed. But he, he's really not been... Like, like Liverpool, like, whatever you want to admit, Liverpool have had quite an unfortunate season this year. But to still for him to still be putting up the numbers that he's putting up right now, you have to commend him. No, but definitely not, not only, yeah, not only yeah. commend him. I, I, I wouldn't say he's not lived up to the to the expectations, Daniel. Like, you look at the guy's numbers, averaging thirty goals a season. Like, it doesn't like, matter. He's, he's, on track. he's on track. No, but that's what I'm saying. saying. That's why reason, I said people are over critical. Do you know what I'm saying? The reason why I use the word underrated, though, and you just even said it. You said you don't think he's lived up to to that. Um, to that uh, first season. No, I'm, I'm not saying that he's not well, lived up. But there's no way you can do that year after year. Do you get what I'm saying? Well, but I'm saying people are going to compare his season to to that. Yeah, because once you do that, once you do that, that's the bar now. So exactly. it's like, oh, okay, he didn't score. He, he If you score 30 goals, it's like, oh, if he scored 20 or if he scored between 20 to 25, it's like, oh, no, he's 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 a one-season wonder. Like, he, he, he can't do it all the time. But, but realistically, still bagging 25 goals is a madness. Madness. Who's, who's the yeah. best attacker in the league? Best attacker best in attacker. the league? Is it Harry him? Kane. You think Harry Kane over Salah? I think it's Harry Kane. I think Harry, it, as, a, as attacking, because attacking is not just scoring. Yeah. Like, at, Harry Kane's game is more complete than, than Salah's in the attacking third. Like, I can trust Harry Kane to score a goal, but I can also trust Mo Salah to score a goal. But I can trust Harry Kane to set up a goal for somebody else, as opposed to Mo Salah setting up a goal for somebody else. I think that's. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I understand what you're if saying. We're just, if, we're, if we're just talking, if we're just talking goal scoring ability, I will happily put Mo Salah up there happily. Like mm. to me, when he's on his when he's on his day, he's unstoppable. Yeah, and even yeah, in the gate, like it's, it's at the point where Liverpool will play. You won't even look at the score. But you, if you know that they scored, you probably guess it's Salah. Yeah, yeah. I think in terms of best attack in the league, that's an interesting question. I've got to go with Mo Salah because 
he's guaranteed goals. It just feels like he's such a threat in terms of um, defenders that like they know they're in for a torrid time going up against Mo Salah. Um, any game, you're going into the any game thinking, how do we stop Mo Salah? Um, and I feel as though he, he's a wide man at the end of the day, so he's not going to have the um, the not the impact, I guess, that Harry Kane has. Do you got know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, your striker is your main man. Um, in terms of uh, what Salah does on the wing, it just feels like he's just mad deadly. Do you know what I'm saying? I think it's, it's definitely tight, though, because I, I agree in terms of Harry Kane has a better all-round game, but I think Salah's more of a threat. No, I hear that. And that's, that's fair enough. And final question before we wrap it up is, so far, because obviously now we're getting to February, February is basically next week, who would you say is your player of the season? Just one name and one sentence. Why? Darren. I gotta go with Bruno Fernandez. Um I'm not that's why I say recency bias. I don't I'm not gonna get drawn into that. You know, you might have been poor the last couple of um, games, but regardless, if not for that done, we would be mid table right now. We would be out there with Arsenal thinking how how are we gonna get to the top four? Um I, I thought about you know the Ruben Diaz's who has been for me very impressive for a young guy to come in and um completely re revamped City's defence. Very impressive. But um you may be being a bit of a homer. But um I gotta give I gotta give Bruno the love he deserves, man. The numbers are crazy. Keanu? I mean, I'm sorry but I've got to go with this I've got to go with Bruno as well. For me, like I, like I've been saying, you know, the fact that not only the fact that the table is an illusion, but the fact that he's been able to drag this sorry United team to even Sorry. be at the top of the table for for even for five minutes to me <laughs> that is that is exceptional behavior like i don't i can't think of i mean i could probably think of loads of other players that are in the league that are doing it but just because like i always say united are bad people have to think you have to remember united are not a good team and ever since bruno came came has come in we've looked like a bad team He's, still, he covers up all the cracks. That's what he does. Yeah. That's what he does. Like, and again, yeah, the numbers are insane. Like, you can't argue with it. Like, yes, it's not all against big teams, but regardless, you still have to put up those numbers anyway. And yeah, man, I, I can't think. I can't think of anybody else other than Bruno. Yeah, no, I hear that. So, I think definitely that's that's an argument for another day in terms of United being a bad team. I don't think you're a bad team, but. Hey, for me, look, I mean, Bruno is definitely a good shout. I think the reason why, for now, I'm edging towards Ruben Diaz is just because of what he's done to not only John Stones, but what he's done to the band. I mean, that means the player. No one knew Ruben Diaz was going to be this good. Like, I don't care what anyone says. No one knew. Especially he was going so to be soon, isn't it? Because he's a young guy. Yeah. He's 22. Yeah. He still qualifies for the young 23. Sorry, he still qualifies for the young. Player. Meanwhile, we're we're dilly dallying with Harry the bus. By the way, when <laughs> same the same bus that got you back into the Sheffield United game, man. This guy, this guy. I, I, I don't care about one game. I don't care about one game. Can never win. But now nah, the reason that Ruben Diaz. I just think that thing about Bruno not performing in the big games, and it's not like it's just been one game. It's been every single big game. So every single game against the top six. Bruno hasn't performed, and I just need to see that this second half of the season. Obviously, he's already 
missed one. I mean, missed it again with Arsenal. So that's six games now without a goal and an assist. And his game is basically founded upon either goal, scoring a goal or setting up his teammates. And he hasn't mm-hmm. done that. So I just I, I will go with Ruben Diaz, especially with City having the best defence in the league and also being top of the league. And then on top of that, John Stones finding the form of his life and being England's best defender right now. Um, yeah, I'd have to. I have to go with Ruben Diaz, man. I have to. But Keanu, my boy. If Ruben Diaz, if, if Ruben Diaz can get John Stones another England cap, that's a mad thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like no one thought John Stones was making a return. But Keanu, my bro, appreciate you coming on. Um, it's been a great episode. Been able to dive into a lot, a lot of juicy stuff. Definitely going to be bringing you back on. Maybe make it. I was, I was going to use a word, but the word isn't um, appropriate in it. I just need going over my head. It sounded bad. But anyway, no. You know what? Uh, when I'm doing the United show, yeah, Keanu, I'm going to be shouting you on a reg still. Just, just get ready. I'm going to be shouting you all the time. Still, my phone's ready, bro. It's ready. Come on. <laughs> For real, man. But yeah, together, it's your boy. Well, boys, Darren and Daniel. Eyes on the ball. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Make sure you hit the bell so you never miss a video. Do all of that good stuff for us. Um, Eyes on the ball TV. Make sure you follow us at Instagram. It's going to be all down below. Eyes on the ball TV underscore. And follow us on Twitter at Eyes on the ball TV. Um, make sure you don't miss out on the Super Bowl Super Bowl preview with Jeff Rambo. Obviously, Darren knows that one. The really good one with Sky Sports Analyst. All great stuff. Going to be giving you some NBA content finally from this week. Um, two episodes weekly so you know we're coming with that content coming with that fire but for now we out